0: When I was an Army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and answered them as best I could with things I picked up along the way. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast, and it's good to be with you today. What's it going to be like? when the end comes the end of the world i mean we imagine this in a lot of different ways in our culture every generation has its post-apocalyptic imagination that goes in a lot of different directions the zombie movies of the last 20 years and shows have taken us that in a direction of disease maybe zoonautical diseases like COVID or some other disease that changes people into being not human anymore. And that is our biggest fear, that they will bite us and we will become like them, crazed, running around, chasing them. The other post-apocalyptic visions are about a computer takeover, a cyber takeover that robots get so smart that they start to run our lives and do things to us. This is the black mirror threat, a post-apocalyptic threat. It's more gradual. It's not as fast. Like there's no nuclear winter or anything like that. There's a lot of different ways to imagine the end of the world. And the secular imagination can only go one direction, and that is things are going to get much, much worse. And that is part of the human imagination. If you look at any Christian community since the dawn of Christianity, and I think if you look at the people of God before Jesus came, their apocalyptic imagination worked really well. And this is a normal thing to do. Maybe it's not a normal thing to do at your Christmas parties, or maybe not a normal thing to do at the dinner table, Thanksgiving. Not a normal thing to do in the shopping line at the In-N-Out Burger, but it's a normal thing to do in religious communities is to imagine the end. The word apocalypse in the world of the Bible means the revealing, the revelation. It's the word translated revelation or unveil- unveiling or, un- or revealing of what's behind the curtain between that thin veil of reality and ultimate reality, the reality that we live in and have to live in, we have to look both ways when we cross the street because reality will be a truck hitting us, but there is a deeper reality to the world, another side of things. This is the place where love and justice and freedom live. These concepts that we can't fully grasp or always describe, but they are below the surface and above the surface all the time ultimate reality, the place where God lives. It's always the present there. It's never the past, never the future. And we touch this ultimate reality in various moments of our lives, in laughter, in joy, even in sorrow. We are getting close to ultimate reality. And that is what it means to be in Christ and to be following Christ, is to have a vision of that ultimate reality. And the ultimate reality that Jesus witnesses to In his final week on earth, his final week before he's crucified, is this apocalyptic vision, this revealing vision that's recorded in Matthew 24 and in Luke 21. And it is the way we kick off Advent. The season of waiting for Jesus coming in the manger is also a season of waiting for Jesus to come in a fuller way on the earth. The last line of the creed is he will come again to judge the living and the dead. He will come again to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. So this judgment is coming, and the way we imagine it has as much to do with us as it does to do with Jesus. The way Jesus imagined it, I think, is the way we ought to imagine it, that there will be things that will happen, huge things. There'll be signs Signs are simply that they are signs that point to a deeper reality they are agitations and disturbances on the surface of reality that point to a deeper change that's happening like the tectonic plates shifting underneath us that is the kind of movement that is happening that Jesus is talking about but the 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 way it'll affect us on the surface is in a lot of different ways but notice he says that you will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, this we know this did not take place in his own life. The, the way his revealing happens in his earth earthly life is that he is the promised one, the one that is promised to take away the sins of the world, the one that is promised to establish justice on the earth but it is a kind of quiet and hidden kingdom that he establishes, an invisible city that will be fully revealed later. And so Jesus in Luke 21 is looking at the prophetic mountaintops in many ways. We can see that if you're standing at the airport in Denver and you look at the mountains, you will see two different kinds of mountains. You'll see the little mountains that are close that look about to be as tall as the mountains behind them, but they're not. The mountains that are close to you look big, but they're not as big as the ones that you see far away. But if you look from the Denver airport, you'll see an unbroken line of mountains. And yet there are peaks that are nearby and peaks that are much further away. And Jesus as a prophet is doing that. He is talking about things that are about to happen in just a few years. And he's talking about things that are going to happen in the far distant future. That is what a prophet does. And Jesus is a prophet. Prophet, priest, and king are the way he fulfills the role of God's servant here on earth. And so he says, look at the fig tree. I planted a fig tree about two years ago, right before the Texas freeze, and it survived. Um, You can tell from the fig tree what season it is. So... Two, when you see the signs in the heavens, distress among nations, confusion, natural disaster, know that this is the sign of Jesus coming. Be on your guard. Don't get weighed down with dissipation or drunkenness or the worries of this life. And those are the things that get us, aren't they? Dissipation, drunkenness, and the worries of this life. Living only for your happiness. Dissipation, drunkenness living only for your detachment and the worries of this life living only for the terrible things that can happen to you this will make this event seem horrible you'll be caught unexpectedly like a trap but if you live this way if you think about if you think about the kingdom of god and seek first the kingdom of god if you live in the light of this second coming of jesus you will live of happy and full life, and you won't be caught unexpectedly. This is the, this is the, the, what Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. If you live the way that he's asking us to live, this radical way of turning the other cheek, of not answering violence with violence, of sharing what we have with as many people as we can share it with, um, of living this way, of being a loving person, loving when it's hard, loving when it's difficult, loving when it's not rewarding. If we can live the way Jesus lived, the way Jesus taught us to live, we won't be shocked when that day comes. And it may not happen in our lifetime, but it will happen eventually. And that is what he has promised for us. And it's all about his promise, whether you trust him. I don't know if you do. It's kind of hard to trust a person sometimes, but that's what we have to go on. You can trust him because he says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. You can trust his word. And it's hard to trust somebody's word. You you have no reason to believe they're going to do it. We all can say things, can't we? And as Kierkegaard said, when you say, yes, I'll do it, you get a lot of applause, even though you've not done anything. And when you say, no, I won't do it, you get a lot of boos and hisses because nobody wants to hear no but the reality is the one who does it. Anyone can say something, but it's what we do that matters. And so he says, my words won't pass away. The thing about the words of God, and Jesus is speaking the words of God, is that we have here what is called a speech act. And I know there's philosophers that have tackled this. But when a, when a, when you get married and the minister says, I now pronounce you man and wife, that is a speech act, but there is both a word spoken and also an action done, that becoming man and wife, husband and wife, or husband and husband, or wife and wife. When that speech act takes place, something else happens concurrently. And the words of Jesus, the prophetic words of Jesus are speech acts. They are both actions and they are words. They are inseparable, in fact, so that you can trust them, because you know that, There is a power behind them that is working in the world that we live in. And that gives me hope, no matter what happens, that this redemption is drawing near. Raise your head up. Look at the sky. Look to the east. The dawn is coming. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness